This is a production of WEDU-PBS, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota. Coming up next, a food shortage is hitting local charities that help the hungry. Nazi demonstrators gather outside a conservative conference in Tampa. The governor moves against woke corporations. And there's a new effort to reduce Florida's chronic shortage of teachers. All this and more next on Florida This Week. Welcome back. Several local charities are reporting a shortage of food and money donations this summer, with empty shelves at food pantries becoming a bigger problem. School is out, and many children who rely on subsidized school breakfast and lunch programs are at risk. So is the homeless population living on the streets, and with inflation, everyone's food bill is rising. Joining us now is Thomas Mance, the president and CEO of Feeding Tampa Bay, one of the organizations that's stepping up to supply food banks with needed items. And Thomas, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. We appreciate you having us on. So what's the situation with hungry people here in the Bay Area? Is it on the rise and, and what's the cause? Well, I think, you know, certainly we have two fundamental conditions that we're dealing with. Most importantly today, inflation is on the rise. And for you or I, when you think about rent, gas, and food, that might comprise 35 to 40% of our budget. For the families we serve, that tends to be 60% plus of their budget. So when you have a crisis that we've had in all three of those areas, rising prices and challenges in all three of those areas, it's the perfect storm for families that we tend to serve. Uh, and so right now you have that short-term issue, but that really sits on top of a larger issue that's been around for a long time, which is, generally speaking, there's a significant portion of our population that is economically unstable to begin with. We saw it really hit families during the pandemic, right, that really challenged a lot of families' uh, uh, foundation, economic foundation, many of whom have not recovered. So now we move into a recession, and it's just a very, very difficult situation for families to make their way through. We have a rising number of the working poor in this country. Is that at the center of the problem that you're pointing out? Yeah, you know, working poor is generally a term we don't have a whole lot of affection for, but I think it's accurate. What we would say, it's important to understand in the state of Florida, around 47% of the families don't make enough money to keep their family afloat. And there are a bunch of different reasons for that. Sometimes it's the cost of goods and services. Sometimes it's the value of wages. And so as an ongoing issue, and this is what I was referring to a moment ago, as an ongoing issue, you have a fundamental imbalance inside of households. And as long as that imbalance exists, whenever there's a crisis, it makes it all the worse for those families. So uh, tell me, what, what, what role does Feeding Tampa Bay play when it comes to food pantries that are around the Tampa Bay area? So an organization like ours, uh, a food bank in the traditional terminology, we support 450 different charities across our 10 county area. So that's as large as some of the major providers down to a little church in a small corner of our communities. Uh, we make sure that they have the food that they need. The best example we've ever used to describe our work is we're like the larger wholesaler and all of our agency partners are retailers because they're located in their local communities. 
we also deliver a lot of food directly to the community ourselves. And then finally, an organization like ours also provides other services because when someone shows up in need of a meal, we often say that's simply a symptom underlying that, as mentioned a moment ago, are economic challenges. So we try and provide access to other benefits, services, partnerships, trainings that build long-term household capacity. There have been reports in the last few days about uh, some of the food pantries around the area having a shortage of food. Are you seeing that generally? Is there a shortage of food that's being donated to your organization or food pantries? And is there also, because of the inflation and, and, and the tougher economic times, uh, are you seeing a shortage in financial donations? Yeah, there's there's a lot in that question. So I would say it's less a shortage of food. It's more an increase in need. I know that sounds like I'm splitting hairs, but the reality is we've, you know, there has been the same food supply by and large. Grocery stores, farmers donating excess capacity. What we have is a need that has spiked. Some of our partners have been more resilient to that challenge, others have not. And an organization like Feeding Tampa Bay, we're trying to find every single uh, ounce of food that we can from every source that we know of. And right now, demand is far ahead of what resources that we typically have. So, yeah, we are going to see situations where uh, organizations don't have all the food that they need. It's important to note that even before the current crisis, food banks struggled to meet the needs in their communities, uh, even though uh, for us, if you think about it relationally uh, or, or comparatively, uh, three years ago, we distributed about 55 million meals across our 10 counties. Last year, it was 95 million. Wow. So organizations like ours have stepped our, our support up dramatically. It's just need has remained very high. And then finally, the issue you addressed of, of resources. I think it's always important to understand nonprofit organizations go as far as the community can take them. So donations tend to come in around a crisis. Uh, they don't stay around through the crisis. They come around at the onset of it. And so uh, we enjoy good support, but can always use more, as can all of those other 450 partners I mentioned a moment ago. I want to ask you about kids, and we only have about 30 seconds, but uh, school's out. A lot of kids rely on subsidized breakfasts they and do. lunches at they school. How, how critical is the problem before the kids get back to school in a few weeks? Well, organizations like ours run after school meal programs, summer meal programs that are in partnership with the federal and state uh, agencies to try and cover that gap uh, because that is a significant concern. There are more meals for children out there, but it's still ex a gap still exists for the kids that we're trying to support. Because as you know, there's an awful lot of children that are fed breakfast, lunch, and snack during the school year at school. Obviously on weekends and in the summer, we try and pick up that slack. But I would say two areas of crisis for us to really pay attention to are children and seniors. Okay, and, and Thomas, how can people get in touch with Feeding Tampa Bay? FeedingTampaBay.org. And first and foremost, if you need food, you can find a way to get food your area of our community right up front. And if folks wanna help, there are ways to connect into that as well. Thomas Mance, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you having us on, letting us tell the story of our community. Thank you. Nazi protesters gathered last week outside the Turning Point USA convention in downtown Tampa. The far-right group carried swastika flags and anti-Semitic posters, along with a sign that said, This is DeSantis' country. 
The governor had spoken the day before at the convention. Turning Point USA issued a statement condemning the Nazis, but in the past, some Turning Point members have had ties to far-right racist hate groups. The rally was also condemned by the Florida Holocaust Museum and the two Democrats running for governor. Charlie Crist issued a statement saying that the demonstrations had no place in our state, while Nikki Fried held a press conference the next day at the site of the hate rally and urged the governor to speak out. And so I am asking you, Ron DeSantis, to denounce the Nazis that were here, here to celebrate your speech inside of this convention center. They were holding your pictures yesterday. These are the individuals that we need to make sure are not here in the state of Florida. So Ron, you are the leader of 22 million individuals the third largest Jewish population in the country. We need to stand united. Joining us now on our panel this week, Pam McAloon is the state GOP committee woman for Pinellas County. Justin Garcia is a reporter for Creative Loafing Tampa Bay. And Victor DeMaio is the president and CEO of DeMaio and Associates and a Democrat. Great to have you all here in the studio, live and in person. Nice to see you. Well, let's start with uh, Justin. Justin, um, Turning Point USA disavowed the Nazi protest and uh, said, look, these are not our people. You covered the story. What did you find out? Yeah, so um, about Turning Point USA condemning the protest, first of all, they condemned it, but at the same time, a lot of the leaders kind of spread this misinformation that the Nazi protesters might be Antifa dressed up as Nazis or that they might be feds, it might be a fed operation. But that's just objectively not true. These groups have been seen before all around Florida and Orlando and in Daytona. Uh, one of their leaders is referred to as the Nazi grandfather, and uh, his name is David Howard Winder. He's been exposed by the Anti-Defamation League in the past. So this is something that's been around for years and years. So these are confirmed Nazi groups from the National Socialist Movement, from Atomwaffen. Atomwaffen made a bomb threat in Daytona earlier this year. Um, so. These groups are confirmed Nazi groups, just to get that out there first. Um, but on the scene, they were, they were arguing with Turning Point uh, uh, attendees, and they were going back and forth. They were saying the N-word and other horrible things, and then they eventually left um, after about like 30 minutes or something like that. So, Pam, um, I think Nikki Fried is calling on the governor to come out and condemn the Nazis, so far the governor has not done that. What do you, what do you think about uh, what I happened think, there last uh, weekend? Well, I, of course, I, I was at the Sunshine Summit, so I wasn't there this, this past weekend. But all I can say is that uh, automatically there were certain groups, uh, such as uh, uh, The View, automatically saying that Turning Point had a lot to do with it and they were associated with it, which was not proven and not true. And they wrote a cease and desist letter and said that uh, they need to apologize because there was not any association that they had with, this with these protesters. So, turning po so um, uh, the view did uh, render a, a, well an apology as of yesterday, mm -hmm. and should, I think that was a governor, good thing. Should the governor come out and say something about this? The governor, I'm sure, is still doing his homework to figure out what happened. Uh, he's a strong person, and he, he he could come out and could say something about it. He could. But again, he may not uh, have all the facts, but Turning Point, Turning Point does know that they were not, they didn't cause the rioting. They, did, they were not associated with it, and to make these blatant statements that they were without having the facts, um, especially from the view, 
was was to me uh, despicable. Mm -hmm. but, the silence was deafening, to be honest with you, uh, from the governor. And it's not the first time. If you remember in Orlando a while back, there were some protesters uh, on the interstate uh, waving Nazi flags and things like that. And uh, it took him, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's silence, you know. I mean, I mean, Trump uses this thing, too, by saying that, you know, there are good people on both sides, which happened in Charlottesville. I mean, these are things that happen, and it's, they, want, they want to have their cake and eat it, too. And frankly, there's, I'm also very disappointed with our own mayor. I ran into two mm. mayors, former mayors of Tampa uh, this last week, and I, there was no condemnation from our current mayor, and this has happened at the convention center, which the city owns. And we should so. say the Tampa mayor is a Democrat. Yes, yeah. so I'm not, you know, I'm not so much blaming, you know, Donald Trump and DeSantis because they are guilty of not speaking out. The JCC, which I'm a member of, you know, voraciously came out immediately and said uh, that this was wrong. And so it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure right. out. It's, it's not a matter with the with t turning point or not with turning mm -hmm. point. The fact that as these Nazi people showed up with their swastikas and they were waving a flag, and that's the point that should be condemned. Justin, you that, That's exactly correct, right. and I agree. I agree with you on right. that, yes. Justin, you reported in your story that Charlie Kirk or Turning Point USA uh, said that uh, Turning Point followers need to outbreed the invading forces threatening our country. And then you also reported that Governor DeSantis uh, talked about invading forces. Who are these invading forces and who are they trying to outbreed? Um, so this ties into the great replacement theory, which is popularized among right-wing groups a lot of times, unfortunately, which kind of characterizes anybody who is the outsider, um, which could include anybody that the right-wing wants to be their enemy. It could include immigrants, the LGBTQ plus community and they pit them as us against them kind of scenario. And that when you talk about outbreeding, when you talk about the invading hordes, uh, I was there on Friday night and saw uh, Kirk say that in person, you're immediately setting up a stage where you're creating this scenario where you have the enemy and you know who you, who you have to essentially be opposed These to. These were the words uttered at the Turning Point USA convention. Is it dangerous to say that, do you think, Pam? Well, I, you're, you're talking about the Great Replacement. Would you explain that again? So because it's I've a theory that's been around for a while. It was popularized, uh, unfortunately, by Adolf Hitler, and it's been cited by a lot of white supremacists recently. The uh, Buffalo grocery store shooter referenced the Great Replacement theory. So did the uh, New Zealand mosque shooter and several other um, white supremacists around the country and around the world. Hmm. Well, I... <laughs> I, I certainly, I certainly don't believe in violence, I, but, but I, what I do believe in is the right to peaceful protest. I do believe that that's uh, that's a constitutional right that we have. First, our uh, first first constitutional right in the Bill of Rights. And, uh, and again, um, we had the summer of violence last year, and hardly anything was said about that. About where there were uh, p people's businesses, their livelihoods were being virtually burned just right in front of them, and there was also violence against police, and. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, terrible words were were, were said, terrible, terrible sentences, and yet nothing was said. So why not? So I'm, I'm not trying to go tit for tat. I think but a lot was said, though. The governor said a lot. Um, Fox News said a lot. All the local, all the media outlets across the country actually said a lot about and, what. And, and, and I got to say, thousands, thousands of people were arrested exactly. after the and, Black and, Lives and, Matter protests. Exactly. So, and so but they did. were let go too. Okay. No, that's yeah. not necessarily true. I mean, the, so, the fact of the matter is they, they, prison. they practically, yes, and, and they, when they practically burned down University Mall, there wasn't a Democrat alive that defended that. I'll be, I want to go yeah. on the record by saying that, okay. okay? Republicans are very good about throwing out that last year's riots and Black Lives Matter and all the other you know, manure that's well, out there. But the fact of the matter is, 
uh, we did not, you know, this whole thing about defunding the police and Black Lives Matter, that's not, there's not a Democrat uh, that's in any point of uh, leadership that, that agrees with any of those statements. But, but if that's true, then why did the governor feel that he had to set the tone for not defunding the police? Because, because, the governor, because the governor DeSantis, just like Donald Trump, they're like two peas in a pod. They're, they're fighting this culture war, and they're, they're both running for president of the United States. Let's, let's be honest, okay? And they're, and they're trying to they use, these, they use these little okay. groups, we're, no matter how good or Victor, bad they are, to, to fight this war. Sorry to say we're almost out of time. So, sure. Governor DeSantis is continuing his campaign against so-called woke corporations, his term, for companies that try to be socially responsible. At an appearance this week in Tampa, the governor announced plans for the state to take action against companies that discriminate against users based on political or religious ideology. Our investment funds should be for the best interest of our beneficiaries here in the state of Florida. It should not be a vehicle uh, to impose an ideological agenda. He singled out corporations such as PayPal, which froze a large donation to Moms for Liberty and which has cut off accounts and fundraising platforms affiliated with far-right groups such as the Proud Boys for violating its policy against promoting violence or intolerance. The governor also mentioned the crowdfunding website GoFundMe's decision to block donations to that convoy of Canadian truck drivers, which had shut down the country's capital, Ottawa, in January and February to protest vaccine mandates. Earlier this year, the governor also attacked the Disney Corporation for its GLBTQ-friendly policies. The governor, though, has been selective about which corporations he goes after. This week, he said he does not want the board that oversees state pension funds to consider socially responsible investing when it chooses where to put its money. But after Russia invaded Ukraine, he's been reluctant to call for Florida to divest the $300 million it has in Russian-related companies. Pam, is the governor on the right track? I think the governor is on the right track. It seems to me that big tech has a, the, the left has a big, has a lock on big tech. And that freedom of speech doesn't seem to apply equally both ways. It's, it's my opinion. But when it comes to, like he was saying, as Governor Sands was saying, uh, when, it, when it comes to investments within the state of Florida, there have to be healthy investments that are going to uh, put forth a healthy state pension for public workers, such as your, your policemen, your nurses, and the various sundry other state workers that are there. We can't uh, compromise investments and potentially uh, not have a healthy state pension system just because you disagree with, with, with a company's you know, uh, wokeness or lack of, or lack of wokeness, as has been discussed. So I think, he is on, I think he is on track, and we're talking about ESG. ESG deals with the envir its environment, sustainability, and um, governance. So we're also known as woke, wokeness. All right, so, so in, in, in Victor, uh, wokeness is also socially responsible. When you talk about the environment or socially uh, sustainable, uh, uh, you're talking about uh, socially responsible investing. But Pam says, look, just get, go for the best investment. What do you say? Well, we have uh, historically Florida's pension fund. Uh, we, we when South Africa was supporting apartheid, we we made a conscious decision to not to pull monies out because of whatever we had going on in South African investments. So it's not it's not new or unusual to do that. We you know it's investment fund. Uh, there's there's a thousand things you can invest in. If Russia is acting the way they are and we decide to pull out mm -hmm. of it. 
Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're not hurting the investment fund by trying to do the right thing socially, which is what, I don't even know what the heck woke means. I mean, Jesus Christ was woke. I mean, you know, if you want to be Christian about it, I mean, woke means you, you're trying to do what's best for people and for the environment. I see nothing wrong with that. Okay, we're going to have to leave choice, it at that. But that's a choice that, that, that the individual should have. I okay. mean, electric vehicle versus a car, versus a gas car, you know, driven car. Some people say, hey, you're woke if you, if you have an electric vehicle, but you're not if you're driving a cab. Well, I have an electric vehicle, and it works for perfectly fine, <laughs> and, and I'm very okay, happy with it. <laughs> Florida has 9,000 teacher vacancies it needs to fill before school begins next month. And now, under a new state program, military veterans with no degrees can fill the role. Military veterans who have an honorable or medical discharge will now receive a five-year pass that allows them to teach in the classroom without the usual accreditation or the education requirements that other certified teachers must earn. The teacher shortage has been an ongoing crisis in the state as more and more Florida teachers leave the profession because of low pay and low morale. The governor says this is an opportunity for military veterans to use their skills in the classroom. Educators and teachers unions say it will reduce the quality of classroom instruction. So, Vic, will this reduce the quality of classroom instruction or will this uh, decrease the teacher shortage? Well, you know, across the board, it's not just with teachers, with all businesses are, are having a tough time getting workers in general. So it, this is not anything new or unique. Mm -hmm. Frankly, there's been a nonstop battle with the teachers union and the Republican Party and the current governor because the teachers union tend to, you know, support Democrats and they do support a few Republicans. But the fact of the matter is, uh, if the military, nothing against military people, they've served our country, they've done a wonderful job, we support the military. But the fact of the matter is, you're lowering the standard a bit to get teachers just in the door to teach the kids, and if that's all the, if that's all the option they have, you know, that's what we're going to have to live with. To be uh, with Justin, what do you think about this idea of uh, giving military veterans a, a chance to teach? So I know that teachers around the state are speaking out against it. I've met several teachers from around Tampa Bay in person who have shown up to protest not necessarily this in particular, but other issues with the governor who want to get paid more, who deserve to get paid more, quite honestly. And that's the solution, is you invest more in your teachers, you care about them more, you make them feel comfortable in the classroom to do their job, rather than add another factor into their teaching life that makes it more complicated and more difficult. Pam, we just have 30 seconds for you. Finish it okay, up. Okay, I Please. would just like to say that Governor DeSantis did pour, put forth another $180 million to pump up the minimum salary or the entrance salary uh, that teachers would receive, you know, being brand new teachers. And I think there's been overall um, a $2 billion infusion into teacher salaries, into um, doing exactly what you're saying, you know, that, they, that, the, that the state should be doing, which they are doing. Uh, the other thing that we're not taking in, and I'll, 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 cut, I'll cut this short, teachers, union, to, teachers, teachers unions, let's take a look at what they, what they um, uh, stand for, and that has to do with um, uh, pay scales. Pretty much it's an antiquated pay scale, whereby a teacher that doesn't have as much experience is still getting as much as someone else who has, has more. Okay, well, I was I just going to say, Florida teachers are notably underpaid compared to a lot of the rest of the country, and that's a fact. And the union wars are making it difficult to teach. All these, well, all these, okay. all these restrictions by the, by the I, legislature and the Republican-led... I wish we had more time, but before we go, what other news story should we be paying attention to? <laughs> Justin, let's start with you. Your other big story of the week. Uh, well, I think somebody else on the panel is going to take a couple yes. of my stories, so I'll go with uh, one I wrote yesterday about 
uh, the call for rent control from city council or any some kind of rent stabilization as Tampa we've seen. City council? Yeah, as we've yeah. seen over the past uh, couple of years, mm -hmm. rents have skyrocketed and they're unbridled and normal everyday working class people are hitting the streets because they can't afford to live in their city. Um, so they're considering that. It's very complicated. It will be uh, an issue with Florida state law, but I think it's a step in the right direction to make sure just everyday people aren't being priced out of living in the city. All right, Pam, you're on the big story. Well, my, what I'd like to follow, or what I'm going to follow, is China buying up uh, our land, our, far, our agricultural farmland. And they have purchased uh, over 192,000 acres of agricultural farmland, and, which they've spent close to $2 billion. And recently, up in North Dakota, they purchased more property that's only 12 miles away from one of our military bases. So I am very you know, concerned about, we know, we, know, we know what China does with intellectual property. So I'm very concerned about this particular base because it's it's a it ha, it has it's very droid intensive, and we have we have our secrets that we need to keep our intellectual property. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, Vic, your other big story. I actually have two stories. One, uh, kudos to uh, Lagasset, the newspaper, uh, celebrating oh. their hundred year anniversary this year, uh, and Patrick Mantega, uh, and to my friend uh, Justin, who's mm -hmm. done an incredible job at creating loafing, uh, loafing uh, researching and uh, studying a lot of corruption is going on at City Hall. Uh, this uh, in the story is related to uh, a city councilman who was uh, attacked uh, and uh, asked to resign uh, on a sexual harassment thing when he, and he had never an opportunity to defend himself and mm -hmm. a, a judge just kicked out just threw out the uh, the lawsuit uh, just a couple days ago so or in the last no, 48 no, hours really. so <laughs> that's that's a very big story uh, and I'd like to point that out and thanks to Justin for doing that and also we have a judge that the a judge named uh, uh, Jared Smith who's running against a Jewish woman and his wife was in a Christian church the other day saying that she should be, uh, she needs to find Jesus. Uh, so like I said, to pull the endorsement today uh, for Jared Smith and endorse Nancy Jacobs, that's a big story as well. All right, well, thank all right. you all for a great show. Yeah. Justin, you're the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> you're writing so many stories for your newspaper. Hey, thank you for joining us. You can view this and past shows online at wedu.org or on the PBS app. And you can write us at ftw at wedu.org. From all of us here at WEDU, have a great weekend. Florida This Week is a production of WEDU, who is solely responsible for its content.